This episode of the Spout Podcast is sponsored by JustJared.com. For over 15 years, Just Jared has been the go-to source for up-to-the-minute updates on film, fashion, music, and so much more. Visit JustJared.com or join the conversation with Just Jared on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off on more than what they're famous for. Here's Brew. Welcome to the Spout Podcast. My little intro real quick on it. Super duper talented singer, songwriter, Grammy nominated, mountain man himself. My gosh. <laughs> Mike Posner. What's up, buddy? What up, though, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. We're just talking about this shirt. Detroit versus everybody. I got like three of these. You got any of these types of shirts? My One of my friends, Tommy, he, he started that. Did he really? Yeah, bro. I'm so old. He used to, he used to make my MySpace back in the day. <laughs> My he, he created that that brand. I always find though the bootleg shirts. Like if you ever see them, like people will have ones that say like New England versus everyone or whatever. Yeah, and they're all fake, and I just send them all to Tommy, and he sues them, bro. Because he's the most Detroit. Like it's really amazing. You go on his website, and there's a there's a FAQ. You know, frequently asked questions, and one of them is, do you make other cities versus everybody shirts? And then it just says. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. Like, where are you from? So I'm from Monroe, technically, but, you know, I live and work yeah. in Detroit now, you're so. From the, you're from the, the country, bro. <laughs> but, you know, I'm in the Fisher Building, if you know what that is right now. and Yeah, of course. In the Fisher Building. That's a beautiful building, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this, man. I just want to say how big of a fan I am of you and, like, your music, but obviously just you as a person, man. You seem so authentic and, like, thoughtful, and um, it's just awesome to get to talk to you a little bit today. Thanks, man. I, I I do my best. I promise I'm a I'm a dick sometimes, but no, we all gotta be at some point. If you're from Detroit, you know that'll kick in. <laughs> Gosh, you miss your hair, your beard, and everything at all. You look good. <laughs> Not really, dude. That was a lot to do. You know, the funny thing is, like, you like you think you. I thought I was gonna grow my hair out, and it's kind of like, yeah, because I don't care, so I won't maintain it, whatever. But then you end up having to like do a lot more to maintain, like just keep it out of your face, all this yeah. stuff. You, just gotta... you ever get into like the beard oils and all that stuff to make sure you know it's not much, man. When I had that big beard, I was I was doing my walk, so I wasn't wasn't putting too much uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I never did a man bun. I'm anti man bun, but I would do a ponytail. Okay, it's the same thing, but it's all about the placement. Okay. The What's the difference? I mean, you like the... Man bun is like on the top, like on more uh, higher. And the ponytail's in the back. Well, dude, congrats on the new single, man. I was listening to it. Somebody sent it to me uh, a couple days ago. I got to listen to it. You know, Mama always told me. And I mean, I I always have music on while I'm cleaning and stuff. I've never cleaned so much with that song on, dude. I was grooving. <laughs> Love it. <Come laughs> it's fun, right? It makes me want to you know? I wish I could take more credit for it, but I mean, honestly... There's so many amazing musicians played on this song from Pete Kuzma on keys and James Valentine from Room 5 played a guitar on it. It just like, it's almost like cheating, man. It sounds so good and just fun. And, you know, I t- did my part with just the, the lyrics and the melody and that's it, man. Happy to be a part of it. Honored to be a part of it. I, I was watching an interview about you talking about this and like someone gave you advice at some point to just do the singing, you know, you'd be more successful. Do you, would you rather be a part of the like songwriting and the producing and everything usually? I mean, dude, I'm not like, if I went on American Idol, I'd lose in the first round, you know, no one really listens to me for like my vocal runs or anything like that. I'm a great songwriter, you know, 
in my opinion, I'm one of the best ones we have right now. But clearly I'm biased, you know. So it was funny. Yeah, early in my career, someone told me don't write songs, just sing, like just get get hit songs from songwriters and sing them. And it's like the dumbest thing they could ever said to me because like it's literally the opposite of what I should do. And and then you know years later, I write songs for other artists and that that kind of thing. So. But that was one of the fun things about this song. This song features uh, Stanage. Mm-hmm. Stanage is, you know, he's one of our great, great vocalists, you know, right now. Such a big difference, too, from like your last project. You came out with Operation Wake Up, where everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> what is going on? You all right? <laughs> and then you come out with this where, you know, it's so much more fun. And like, you kind of feel a throwback Mike Posner there. So like, what about Operation Wake Up? Like, what that project mean to you? Operation Wake Up is this... Uh it's basically, you know, for people that don't know, it's basically a, a album slash story. You know, it's a fictional story. Um, the album goes through a day in my life. So the character, main character in the story is me, Mike Posner. But but everything that happens in this day is 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 fictional. I'm, I'm made up in my my twisted mind, and um, I don't know. This is a beautiful piece of art. I think to me. You know, I'm very proud of it. I'm incredibly proud of the writing to take all these songs, fit them together and have them make sense in a narrative format and, you know, go from beginning, middle, end and the foreshadowing, all that stuff. You know, like another thing Operation Wake Up means is like, for me, is like courage. I knew that um, people would be upset by Operation Wake Up. I actually (laughs) didn't put it out for many years because of that. I made it about three, four years ago. Um, so it took some chutzpah to uh, to have that be part of my my canon, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, I'm proud of that, you know, because like I don't want to be some artist that just like plays it safe and only makes what I think people want to hear. Or only you know, I want to make it like I want to follow my creative heart, and uh, that's what I did with that project. It's good though. It's good. I'm proud of it. You know, that's the cool thing about art, too, because, you know, it's, it can be interpreted in so many different ways. So what it means to you, to somebody else, could be a completely different thing. And I feel like that's one of the hardest parts to do is to piece it all together to make it one final art form. When you write, like, how many songs do you write for each project? How does that process work? It depends on the nature of the project. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for Operation Wake Up, for example... Because it was a narrative format, I took a lot of existing kind of ideas and used used those as um, tent posts uh, that I would follow. And so I had kind of had an outline. I knew what the last song would maybe be, and the, what maybe the fifth song would be, and the first song, all this stuff, and, and and really wrote it like I would write an essay or what, like I would write a book. And so there weren't weren't too many, you know. Everyone I knew like what the titles of each of the chapters of the song should be and sometimes i'd do them and then i didn't like them and i'd redo the given chapter but there weren't too many throwaways for that project but then you have a project like a real good kid you know which is more of like i did in a classic studio way where i took two years to write you know and i think i probably wrote for that project about 50 songs mm-hmm. and then you know i sat with my co-producer ricky reed you know, he, he helped me figure out the best, like 20. We finished those 20 and then, you know, realized, hey, like 10 of these are better than the other 10. So we get rid of those. At this point, like all the songs are really good. With my project at night alone, I think I wrote about 70 songs. Wow. 
and then then like for more mixtape projects like keep going or a matter of time those have those are just like you just go so those like mm -hmm. i have next to no throwaways you know right. the song project has like 15 songs and i wrote like 17 or something like that long answer sorry no you're good i was really curious about this i'm sure uh, i want to know if you wrote it all during your, your walk across america and also do you get like asked that all the time are you like known as the guy who you know like walked across america uh man i got an interesting you know just to tackle the second part of your question first like i have a very interesting career i guess i've been a semi-public figure for about 10 years and i purposely will kind of go in and out of the spotlight you mm -hmm. know so i'll have something that will be successful and then i'll sort of disappear and like grow and try to explore and become a, a better man and then come back and write from that perspective the uh, byproduct of, of kind of doing it that way is like people know me for all different like people oh you're the guy who's saying cooler than me yeah i'm sure still That's the song i wrote 10 years ago or, or you're the guy that walked across america people know me from all different things and, and it seems very segmented to me i don't i don't know yeah. there's a few more few people that kind of know the whole story but i guess i can't expect anyone to know my story better than me as far as my walk and writing I thought I was going to be writing tons of songs, but it turns out I really didn't. I really did not write too many songs. What I did, uh, I listened a lot to the birds and the wind in different places. The birds are a lot different in Michigan than they are in New Jersey, than they are in Illinois, and they, than they are in Missouri. Um, so I make like little field recordings my iPhone of different sounds and sometimes those sounds turned into songs later a journey like that changes who you are so then after you after you're done you actually have time to sit and write like then i was just so tired right <laughs> i was so tired that when you when you sit down to write later you you're just a different person so you write from a different perspective um but when i was walking especially the last thousand miles last like third of the walk i was incredibly empty i met a guy when i was two-thirds of the way done named stevie and going he, the opposite way yeah stevie so you you may have heard me tell the story but your listeners probably haven't so he was running the opposite way stevie was more impressive than me in pretty much every way possible like i was walking with support which means i had a friend in an rv that was going ahead of me was making sure i had all the food like every directions he like all i had to do was walk stevie mm -hmm. was running and he had no support so he was carrying a huge pack you know all i had to carry was water because i had the support and i was walking about 24 miles a day and he was running 30 to 40 man so, so this guy was like amazing and, and he wasn't like you kind of had to pry that information out of him you know mm. humble man and he asked me, he goes, what do you do about uh, music? Like, do you listen to music while you walk? And I said, um, I said, I walked the first eight miles every day in silence, which is true. I did that the entire, almost the entire time. And I said, what about you? He goes, I didn't bring headphones. I just wanted to go deep with myself. And, and he goes, it was horrible at first, but it turns out it was the best decision I ever made. So the next day, I got bit by this rattlesnake. I basically went to the hospital. I was out for about three weeks. But when I was out, I decided, you know, when I, when I return, I have a thousand miles left on my journey. 
And I don't want to just finish them. I want to finish them better than I was before. And I want to really do them like Stevie was doing them. So I said, no more phone, like no phone, no music, no talking to friends while you walk. Like you're just going to walk with your own mind in silence. And that's what I did. And just a lot of emptiness. Really beautiful. I'm so glad I met him to like just tap into like different states, different zones. You really didn't know were there as a, as a human. Yeah. Today. To absolutely sorry for another long answer bro. <laughs> no, i love it dude i i wish i could talk to you for like an hour on this stuff it's i have so many questions for you but like so do you say you recorded a little bit of like birds and stuff like that along the way you were doing yeah, some just things? on my phone you know and yeah. i do the same thing now because i you know i'm climbing a lot of mountains now and like yeah, i hear yeah. a st- you know, in the, in the fall, when the streams first start to freeze, you hear like the water hitting the ice and certain mm. ways will make a rhythm or certain birds, you know. So I always like, while to other people, it might seem disconnected that I'm a musician, but I also like go and explore things in the natural world. To me, it's, it's connected, you know, very deeply. The growth I have outside is going to change how I write. But also the exact like sounds I might use in the music. Well, you recorded uh, your dad a lot. Do you go back and listen to that at all? Bro, I have so many recordings of my dad. Um, I really haven't gone back and listened to most. I was just thinking about that the other day because I had like just my dad talking about marriage or my dad talking about his dad or my dad like just and my dad was a talker so like he was a criminal defense attorney in Detroit for 40 years so like he used to say I get paid by the word he would joke you know like so he could talk and and I could listen if I start losing my voice I'll go on voice rest and I wouldn't speak and he'd say okay it's fine he just he could talk for an hour he could talk, literally talk to you for an hour without you saying anything so he just start telling stories. I record them. And when my dad passed on three and a half years ago, so I haven't, I haven't listened to I was just thinking about some of those recordings though. At some point I'll listen to them again. I'm sure probably cry pretty hard if I do. You know? I'm sure you like are glad though. You recorded all that. I'm sure once you listen back to it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my thing, man. I, I just, I love recording. Mm-hmm. I always have. Like when I was a little kid, I had one of those uh, recorders with like the little tiny tapes in it. I thought it was so cool. Like that you could, I don't know, just like say something and hear it back. I, mean, I just, st- I still think it's cool, you know, like it's fun. Well, a different type of recording. Um, I heard a rumor you started off. Did you intern in radio? And did you like meet Big Sean through that? Yeah, I interned. I don't know what the station is now, but. It was Hot 1027. It was a radio station. Oh, okay. And yeah, my basically after senior year in high school, my mom said, man, you, you got to go get a job. So I saw that there was this internship at, at Hot 1027. I applied for it. I somehow got it. There was like a line out the door of people who try and get this job. And, you know, there was like, I don't know, seven interns or something like that. And one of the other interns was Pat. Pat was uh, one of Sean's best friends. And this is the same same station that Sean rapped for Kanye at and how he met Kanye and got signed. But that had already happened. So I met Pat. Pat introduced me to Sean. And they basically let me in, into their crew called Finally Famous. And I was just a, you know, a, a person in that crew. I did beats for Sean. I do hooks for Sean. And, you know, he changed my life because 
I didn't know, like, I always knew I loved music, but I was, like, kind of ready to just be an A&R or work at a label or something. I didn't know, like, it was actually possible that we could we could make it. And, like, you know, we were just making music with each other. So, like, we didn't know that we were that good, like, that good. Right. You know, like, it was, there's, like, this story about Michael Jordan, too, you know, like, there were all these great players, Sam Perkins, all these great players in North Carolina his age. And they always played against each other. So they thought they were just okay. Oh. And then, like, Michael Jordan went to this camp, Five Star. It was a famous basketball camp. And, like, he, he was just way better than everyone. He went home and told all, all the guys in North Carolina, like, hey, guys, like, we're really good. <laughs> like, yeah. turns out, like, you guys are better than everyone else, you know. And it was kind of like that. Like, we didn't know. I I didn't know. I think he had a belief or like and he had met Kanye, whatever. So he he had the vision, man. So he got a record deal. And once he did that, I knew I could too. Cause I used to rap with him and I could hold my own and whatever. So I knew like You gotta have some recordings from that, hopefully, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there's some like of oh. us recording on one oh two seven, rapping on the air. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I just didn't know like it was possible. And when you don't know something's possible, it's very hard to execute on it because you're not even like you're not even looking for it. it's not even your purview of like of of possible outcomes so once he got a record deal i just thought i'm gonna get one too and i believed it and once i believed it it, it happened in about eight months yeah it wasn't that long and represent detroit that's my favorite part i mean two uh, guys are just like now look at you you got michael jordan and <laughs> sam perkins i'll <laughs> find sam perkins <laughs> yeah i know i'm sorry <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's gonna be. It's all good though. Shout out Sam Perkins. Yeah. All right, I'm over my time here, but I want to ask you some rapid fire questions before I let you go. So just off the top of your head here, favorite animal? Uh, mountain lion. Ooh, you see any when you're climbing these mountains? I hope I. I mean, <laughs> it's like I want to see one because I think it'd be mystical and spiritual. Oh, yeah. but I also don't want to see one because they will kill you. So, yeah, once it sees you, it's all it's all done. Would you ever do the Super Bowl halftime show? Oh yeah, why not? The last song that stopped you in your track. I think track. I get more famous, bro. <laughs> well, hey, you never know. You're young. <laughs> What's the last song that like stopped you in your tracks? Last song stopped me in my tracks. That's a good question. I don't know. Stop me in my tracks, but uh, the song I've been listening to lately is uh, by Electric Guest. It's called Oh Devil. Okay. When I'm banging. Favorite place that you uh, you walked through when you were traveling across America? Navajo Nation. Oh, yeah. I bet that was magical. Navajo Nation. Um, Lafayette or American for the Detroiters listening? Dude, Lafayette, bro. Yeah. Don't ask me that question, bro. What's the best way to open up a banana? This has been a hot topic. From the bottom, like a monkey. I wish you had one on you. I want to show. I don't think people understand. Um, <laughs> the song on TikTok, I'm sure you've heard it. I mean, the Nirvana cover from that dude. You like that? Yeah, Ethan. He's a he's, we've connected actually in the last couple of weeks, so he's a really cool kid, and we've been talking. Well, hey, I appreciate every minute of you spending with me today. Um, like I said, I could go for like an hour talking to you, and you could too. I feel like you guys love uh, love a talker. Hopefully, we'll talk to you soon and see you once everything's opening back up. You know. All right, buddy. See the full conversation at Spout Podcast on YouTube. Follow us at Spout underscore podcast on IG, Twitter, and TikTok. Plus now, Spout podcast on Clubhouse. Next week, Tiesto spouts off. That was like a trend in the 90s that all the Dutch DJs, they wanted to sound Italian. So we all put like an O behind our name. That Marcelo, Gizmo, 
Yes, so, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was just a thing. Be sure to listen to the next Spout Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media, produced by Gorilla Sound, hosted on Sounder FM, and created by Phil Becker. Spout. <laughs>